I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. You know, today we're going to be sharing some road signs that one should probably tape on one's backside when getting a colonoscopy. Oh, wait, wait, what? No, trust me, this you're going to love this. But more importantly, February is over and it is March. I'm so excited. Spring's just around the corner. Let's rock it. Can, can you tell I'm excited for spring? I am the real Brian. Thanks for joining us today. So we got a guest Thanks today. Thanks for joining me. Whoa. Sonny. <laughs> you had me at colonoscopy. Well, see, wait a minute. I thought we were having Captain Influence on the show today. Oh, I can influence you all you like. Ooh. Ooh. That's right. It's good to hear your voice again. Thank you, real Brian. Captain, it's good to be here. Influence of the inf- are you like of the influencer race? Is that like a like an alien race or something like that? The influence clan. Ah, the clan from from Scotland. The yeah. clan. So not oh. McLeod or, or McClellan. No influence. The clan influence. I like that. I like that. So Scotland. I, I so rarely influence anybody, though. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> So hold on, I gotta stop the music here for a sec because you know I let, let, let's have a little moment here, okay? What do you mean you never influence anyone? Really? Oh, really? No, I I uh, I try to stay as under the radar as I possibly can. So um, you know, I'm only Captain Influence because that would be my uh, superhero slash villain. Your alter ego. Alter ego. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. by day, you're mild mannered Tony. Yeah, but I mean, in my dreams, I uh, <laughs> I influence people to stop being retarded on a regular basis and uh, <laughs> oh start gosh. helping each other and uh, yeah, and stop you know stop looking out for themselves all the time and that really? kind of thing. So this is yeah. this is a dream of yours. Well, yeah, I, I, like I like I said before, if I if I could be a superhero or in some people's eyes a villain, I would. I, they would put me in any diplomatic discussion between nations, and I'd just be kind of in the corner someplace and. Every meeting would come out with some sort of compromise that where everyone gets something that they wanted. It's a win-win, win-win. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. I would make sure that everyone's as happy as you can make them. And that's it's unrealistic, of course, because that doesn't happen. But that's what I would do, yeah, if I were a superhero. See, this is perfect because I have good news for you. Really? T- today on this show, you have that opportunity to unleash... Oh. Your superhero. What with a story about colonoscopy? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm bringing to the table, buddy. Oh my gosh! Like you just you just described like the whole. I mean, in your own personal perspective, right? You described the whole purpose of this show, you know, like to, to stop some of the crap that's going on in the world, and you know, the focus on self and everything else, and influence people to do the right thing and to have a win, 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 win. Yeah. Win. I'm just going to keep saying win. 
you can't please everybody all the time. That's that's no. a dub. But there are so many situations, especially in politics and narrower than that, where people are just stubborn and stupid about stuff. And yeah, if they would just exercise a little bit of empathy and try and see the other person's perspective oh, and yeah. then try, try and come together at, in a mutual agreement, even though you're not getting everything you want and they're not getting everything they want, that's how things get done. Yeah. No, I agree with you, man. Well, hopefully you don't have any new listeners starting with this episode because uh, after Mango and Miss Ice, I don't know if I'm the best choice for a (laughs) co-host. Dude, we needed a little testosterone though. When when I listen to the episodes with Mango and or Ice, uh, Miss Ice, they're such good conversationalists and they they always have very... They're very articulate with their opinions and they they come off as very knowledgeable. I'm kind of of the opinion that I don't true wisdom is no, you don't know anything. I don't know very much. And so, and my opinions are pretty off the wall and I don't want to subject you to that. So <laughs> yeah, I'll just kind of, you know, just, I'm just going to stay in the background a little bit. Oh. You know. <laughs> First of all, I agree that mango and miss ice are awesome, but I don't agree right. that you don't have anything to bring to the table. Okay. Really yeah, quick sure before I. we go any further, happy birthday to the green butterfly. Now, Happy granted, birthday, Green Butterfly. Her, her birthday was last Sunday, but this was her 40th. The big 4-0. Been there. Yeah, and I actually uh, missed her birthday. Um, for some reason, I knew it was coming up, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to wish Justine. I didn't know what the date was, but I'm like, I'm going to wish her a happy birthday. I'm going to wish her, and then her birthday was yesterday, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Why wasn't I notified? So I blame Zuckerberg for that one jerk blame zuckerberg i didn't get notified it was the weirdest thing but anyway so i caught it a day late and here we are wishing her you know almost a week late here but uh, uh, anyway i i had to bow down in uh humblance (laughs) (laughs) humbleness humblance i try to i try to make new words up now because yeah humbleness or humility is just it's too boring right so i'm going for humblance like reverence humblance so your worshipfulness, majesty, green butterfly, happy birthday. What a, what a milestone. That is so awesome. Let's talk colonoscopy. Wait, what about what I'm drinking? Well, that, that all depends. When you get a colonoscopy, what is it that you are drinking? Suprap. Yeah, but I want to know what, what are you drinking? Okay, let's, let's get back to the healthy stuff for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk what I roasted this week. I have an Ethiopian yoga chef. I love Ethiopian yoga chefs for the most part. Granted, as we know with any crop, sometimes you have a growing season that produces an extraordinary cup of coffee and other times the beans and the crops aren't quite so good. And so they taste average, but this one's really good. It's awesome. It didn't have like any, any specific flavors that kind of jumped out, but it was just a very good, clean, tasty cup of coffee. Really good. Light, light roast like you enjoy. Or? This one's a little more medium. Medium. Okay. Yeah, Yurgischef, if you've had really any African coffees, most African coffees, if you do a light roast, are like super bright and acidic tasting. Huh. So you got to be a little careful. If you go too dark, then you don't really get any flavor out of them, which kind of defeats the purpose of any African coffee. So for me, I kind of go light to medium with an Ethiopian. Mm-hmm. I like it that way. I mean, a little a little more than probably some people wanted to know, but for me, that's that's how I do it. But man, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Well, good. And where are you getting those beans from? It's from the farms through the importers. That's pretty okay. much what it is. So, but you you buy them online, right? Like, yeah, there there okay. are two. Well, I mean, there are two businesses that I know of that are middle businesses, middle people 
little mm-hmm. people. We don't call them elves. We call them little people. <laughs> well, I guess they would be hobbits if they were middle people, right? From Middle Earth, hobbits. So anyway, I get them from hobbits. They're the middle people. Yeah, they, they basically what they do is they'll get straight from the importers. First of all, okay, here's, here's how this works. I can't go to the farm to buy it because I don't have import licenses. Now, if I go, well, and that cost a fortune. Yeah. So if I fly to the farm <laughs> and then I could buy coffee, but then I have to go through customs because it's food. Right. So anyway, it's a crop, right? But I don't have an import license. So I have to go straight to the importers who get the coffee direct from the farms. Those importers, however, usually have minimum orders of like 150 pounds of coffee, which is way too much. Right. <laughs> so then you have the, the hobbits, the middle people. There's two companies, Berman Coffee, Sweet Maria's. And they purchase from the importers and then they'll sell them in, you know, like smaller quantities, like half pound, one pound, five pound, whatever. But they mark it up a little bit. So it's still cheaper than buying it roasted. Of course. And um, I still am enjoying every morning my gourmet Folgers classic roast with powdered Nestle creamer and one lump of sugar. You know, you were telling me earlier that you have nothing to add to the show and I was disagreeing with you, but I got to tell you that this right here might be grounds to dismiss you today. (laughs) And see you later. (laughs) You know, between you and Bad Kitty, his Maxwell house, your Folgers. Well, see, I'm a level above him at least. Come on. Wait, is is Folgers better than Maxwell? He's a pretty good guest, but I think think Folgers (laughs) is better than Maxwell house. Oh my gosh. So let me ask you this, though. Do you like Folgers because it's simple or because it has a like a nostalgic taste? You know, I've had other coffees, nothing near what you have as far as variety, but I've had a few other coffees like I've had some Allegro roast from Whole Foods before. You know, I get coffee if I go to a, a restaurant in the mornings for like brunch or breakfast or whatever. But for some weird reason, the coffee we have at work in Fort Collins when I travel back there for work at the office it's just Folgers classic roast with mm. powdered creamer and sugar. For some reason, that taste of that combination is always very, very satisfying. So I started making it at home and mm. I've been drinking that for a couple of years now. So, Interesting. but let me tell you this. Let me tell you something, Brian. Yeah. Tell me what is up with diners in general, having crappy coffee. <laughs> Every diner I've been to ever has had crap coffee. And it's the weirdest thing. They're a diner. Everyone orders coffee when they go to a diner. Not everyone. You know what I mean? But a lot of people order coffee when they go to a diner. So why don't they have at least mediocre coffee? Have you ever been to a diner with decent coffee? No. But you know, here's the thing. I don't go to diners very often. We don't really have that (laughs) many here. You know, it's so funny. When I went back to see Caucus, New Jersey, for Heroes and Villains year and a half. Well, it's been two years ago now. Oh my gosh, time flies. Mm -hmm. Wow. Anyway, two years ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, There's diners everywhere in New Jersey. It's like Starbucks here. You know, there's one on every corner. I didn't know that. I thought, what's up with all the diners? Well, apparently it's something. It's some cultural, I don't know, whatever, right? But we don't have, I I can't even think of a diner here. Well, they got Johnson's Corner. That's a good diner. But I'm thinking of any like Egg and I or. um, Okay, so you're thinking like restaurants. Or any restaurant that kind of, or the the Waffle House or International House of Pancakes. You've been up to. Specialize in breakfast type of place. But you've been up to like Estes Park, right? Of course. Do you know Claire's for breakfast? No. Great place up there, by the way. I love their food. They have a lot of unique foods. Their coffee I can drink. I don't know whose it is. In fact, I've been meaning to ask like who they get it from, but I, you know, you get a coffee, you get free refills and I can drink three, four cups of their stuff, which is saying something. Now it's not what I roast, but it is good. That's good. Now, granted, there are some higher scale breakfast places around here now that are getting their beans from some of the local roasters that I like. 
Yeah. And so, so, you know, their coffee's really good. But here, okay, let me ask you this too. Based on what I'm hearing right now and kind of what I've seen, the quality of the coffee at a breakfast place, whether it be a diner or an actual restaurant, I think it scales with the quality of the food. What do you think? You'd like to think. I'm a big fan of the egg and I. Whenever I go back to Fort Collins, I like to hit that, hit that place up at least once. And their food's pretty good, but their coffee has never been that good. Interesting. So I don't know. I usually don't order coffee at restaurants ever because of that. I would never well, say that. That's one way of getting good. around it. Yeah. So that, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And so now we bored everyone with about coffee. No, it's interesting. So <laughs> I, I was turned on to the show that Jerry Seinfeld does called comedians in cars getting coffee. Oh, I've seen that, but I haven't watched it yet. What's interesting to me though, is that they'll go to diners most of the time and oh, they'll yeah. just drink their really? coffee and eat breakfast or whatever and do their thing. They don't really care about the coffee that much. <laughs> well, no, see, this is what's fascinating to me is that there's other episodes where they'll go to places like Intelligentsia Coffee, which, by the way, is a world famous coffee. So they went there and they'll go to this other roastery that you'll hear about. It's like, oh, this place is awesome. And you're watching them, you know, make this coffee. And I'm like, now it looks looks like a shop I'd go to. Right. Then they drink it. And every single episode that they go to a place like that, they're both like, oh, my gosh, this is good coffee. Like, why do you guys keep going to the diners and drinking crap then? <laughs> I haven't figured that one out yet. You know what we need to do is always when you're out here next time, I will roast some coffee, make you a, a fresh cup of it. And then you can say, man, this is amazing Finally. or this sucks, man. I like my full. I wouldn't you see. I, I wouldn't be opposed to finding a different coffee. I just I I'm not very adventurous, so I don't. And you're like, try, I don't buy different coffees and try new ones. And oh, this one's better. or This one's too dark or. I just stick with what I know until I trip over something better. Gotcha. So you need people to, uh, what, what is that word? Culminate? Influence me. Influ- you need influencers <laughs> to influence influence. Yes. Mm, okay. Please do. We're, we're going to have an adventure. It. Yeah. A, a Tony adventure. Yeah. A Tony. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of Tony adventures. <laughs> Speaking of Tony adventures. Yeah. Finally, yeah. Let's hear about your anal adventures. I volunteered to relate to your listeners my experience with having a colonoscopy. Nothing graphic because there's really nothing graphic to report. We're really desperate um, for content, aren't we? For you to go out and, and volunteer for this. Yeah. Just I so just, we have content. I just thought there might be a lot of people out there who who are going to have one soon or eventually. And they've heard stories, some of them horror stories. And I just want to put some of their worries to rest. Okay. Yeah. I had to get one at 42 because I've been having some pains in my lower left abdomen, which is, you know, the region of the colon and GI said, okay, we need to do a colonoscopy or a CAT scan or both. I said, well, let's just do the colonoscopy and get that out of the way. Okay. So the prep used to be that you had to drink this giant gallon of crap that everyone says tastes awful and it's hard to get down, et cetera. And it's just difficult to drink that much at one time. And then sure. you have diarrhea for several hours and whatever. Well, now they have this stuff called super rep, which is like two little six ounce bottles that you mix into water for 16 total ounces. And you drink that the night before. And then like less than 10 minutes later, you're in the toilet, right? But there's no nausea. There's no cramping. Bring a good book in the toilet with you and, and uh, you know, read for a couple hours. And then you're, and, and you're constantly drinking water while you're doing that. You have to drink at sure. least two more big 16 ounces of water, yeah, uh, two yeah. more of those. And then you're done for the night. And then you go to bed. You have to drink all liquid diet before that. So for one day, you're drinking nothing but liquids like uh, chicken broth, Starving. water, clear juices, yeah. stuff like that. Next morning, a few hours before your procedure, you have to drink another one of those and do the whole thing over again. 
And so that's the prep. So no problem. Prep was nothing. I didn't mind it at all. It wasn't uncomfortable. The stuff didn't taste awful. It wasn't that great, but I mean, it wasn't as bad as some people make it out to be. Kind of like Gatorade mixed with cough syrup, but Hmm. not as syrupy. Yeah. Anyway, you get there, you check in, you know, you undress, put on a gown. They put you in a, in one of those nice comfy beds that they roll you around in. I've never been in one before. <laughs> and so, and then they, they, they ask you, they take your vitals. They ask you questions about allergies and stuff. They stick you with an IV and then they bring you back to the procedure room. They give you oxygen in your nose and then they shoot you up with this anesthetic. It only takes a little while for that stuff to start taking effect. I asked him, how, how do you know this stuff's starting to work? We'll know based on your answers to, yeah. you know, when we're just conversing with you, we'll know. And sure enough, after just a couple minutes, I start slurring my words a little more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> and from that point on, I only remember a couple things. Number one, I remember them telling me to roll, to lay on my left side. They had this big monitor right in front of me where I could see the inside of my colon. So obviously there's some, there's a skip there from when I laid on my side to when I could see the inside of my colon. I remember thinking, that's so cool. (laughs) And that's all I remember. (laughs) Next thing I remember, (laughs) I'm in that prep room again, kind of regaining consciousness. They're like, Hey, you're done. You know, wife comes in, the doctor tells us, you know, colon was pristine. We had to remove one polyp, send it off to the lab. Everything else is fine. So whatever your whatever problems you're having, it's not your call. Well, at least that's one thing off the checklist. I was happy the rest of the day because of those drugs. I'm sure. The whole rest of the day, I was in a great mood. Even after the nap, I was still in a really good mood. It's kind of like the drugs are kind of like a mix of NyQuil and ecstasy. That's what it's like. You've had so you've had that that combo. <laughs> the bottom line, Brian, is that the entire experience was actually. I would almost say pleasant <laughs> because you're calling because your doctor next week. Can, can I come back in for another one? Cause that was fun. We're, well, as it turns out, about as you. it turns out, uh, my lab work came back a few days ago and I, the polyp they removed is precancerous, oh, no. which is, which is really, which is really common. Uh, oh, okay. it wasn't okay. cancerous. It was just precancerous, which means that eventually it had the potential to turn into cancer. So what that means is I have to go in and get it done every five years Ooh. instead of every 10 years. Wow. And I'm thinking, no problem. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> as long as it's the same way as that last happy. one was, great. So oh anyway, I, just just so anybody out there who is, is you know, going to have one, who hasn't had one already and is nervous about it, don't be nervous about it. There's, it's, a, it's a breeze. Good. And you might even have fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and another way to have some fun too is to put road signs on you. So that, you know, when they, when they remove the, the, the gown or whatever you're wearing. Yeah. So they remove well, the yeah, gown. It's and, open in the back so you, you can, it's easy access. There so. you go. So you just, you know, you've got a road sign there. I mean, there are a number <laughs> of ones that you can use. And, and ironically, road signs actually work the best for this. So there's one like, I mean, stop, <laughs> right? Stop. That's easy. Do not enter. That's a great one. One way only. I mean, that's, that's a, you know, that one has like a, a slippery yield. when wet. That's a bad one. Slippery when wet. Yeah, 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 yield. yield is good. Farm machinery crossing. That that doesn't make any sense, but you could put that one there. <laughs> speed bumps. Uh, speed bump ahead. Yeah, Kurt, windy road, winding road, whatever it is. Winding road. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, do not pass. Men at work. That's a, no. <laughs> Exit only. We know that one. That's a really easy one. Dead end. Uh, yeah, photo enforced. That's no. Private road. That's a, definitely a great one. See, these all work. Like these just be prepared to stop. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, you could you could go on for hours. Make sure, though, if you're going to do this, have fun. So I talked about going to the Star Set concert last Friday. By the way, if you've yeah. not listened to Star Set, they're a great band. Good stuff. I have a little bit of a bias here. I've been to a lot of concerts in my life, you know, having done radio and stuff like that. People make fun of me for this all the time, but I've seen Yanni a couple times. He did I, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so but, he's a great pianist. He's a great performer too. So here's the thing. Many musicians are just simply studio made. They have good music. They can hold their own when it comes to their instrument, you know, whether they're singers or, or instrumentalists or whatever. And they go into a studio, they record, and then the studio producers and, you know, the editors and everybody else, they really do some nice work on making it sound perfect. Yep. A lot of those people are not what I would consider awesome performers or, or live oh, yeah. musicians, right? Now, even some of the best musicians are horrible in live, but exactly. That's, that's gone back forever. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So having seen Yanni, when I saw him live, he brought like 150 people handpicked musicians from across the world, whether they were part of his band or his orchestra or whatever, including an aboriginal didgeridoo musician. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. of the best hands down musicians you've ever seen and probably ever will see. And so they're all together in this one stage and they are performers and it was, cool. you know, infinitely better than his album. And that's a very rare experience. It was the same yeah, thing interesting. with uh, trans Siberian orchestra. Seeing them live is an experience. Okay. I saw Boston live too before, you know, half their members died. Oh, lucky. Um, it was a while ago. Yeah, that was great. And that was another Were they good concert. live. Yes. Good. Besides those concerts, really, I can't think of any musicians that have ever been definitely not better than their albums. And I would say most of them not even as good as their albums. Yeah. And it was sort of the same way with star set. Like I love star set. I enjoyed seeing them live. There's still something amazing about going to a concert and seeing a band live regardless. Right. True. What was interesting about the star set concert was that because their music, in my opinion, is so well crafted on their album, it's like an experience. I don't think they could recreate that live. You know what I mean? Unless they had just the biggest, ridiculous, most amazing crew, you know, like out of control crew. And they were at like a huge venue, something like, like what Yanni would have done. They could have showcased their musicians, you know, so they could have soloed and done some other stuff like that and done it from a performance standpoint, then hands down, they'd be better in concert. But because they were trying to recreate their album live, which is just not really that easy to do, you know, yeah, it just kind of didn't work. It was still fun, and I still so enjoyed their albums it. really their their music's really rich, but they couldn't quite achieve that richness of sound live. Is that basically it? Yeah, and when a band has to play a track, and they have to play with the track. So, for example, they have a recording of all of the orchestral stuff, and they hit start on the orchestral stuff, and the band has to stay with it live. That's the one thing. I mean, going back to Yanni. He brought all of the musicians with him. Granted, the amount of money he had to spend on that was crazy, but he did. He had no track. He recreated it with live musicians. So it was different. Kudos to Yanni. It was amazing, right? So did uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. To be fair to the musicians, to be fair to Star Set and any other bands that do this, that's a lot of, uh, man, I don't know how you'd recreate it. a lot of effort. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, so in the, I, I in in the studio, obviously they can, they can do so much electronically in the studio as well. Uh, yeah. And, you know, mixing and whatnot. So what is with people having to turn the volume up so loud? And again, I like a full sound. Don't get me wrong, but right. so loud that you literally cannot hear the vocals. Like you, you know, he's singing and you can kind of hear him singing, but you can't understand a word he's saying. 
because the rest of the volume is so loud. Your ears are vibrating. Your head is shaking. My uh, hoodie was pulsating because the, <laughs> the bass, you know, the subs were blowing my hoodie forward and the bass was so, so loud, so deep, so intense. I'm like, I can't understand him at all. I had musicians earplugs in that are minus 25 decibels and my ears a week later are still ringing. Wow, dude, that's not cool. I've been lucky enough with concerts. I've never had that precise experience before. All concerts are loud, but I've never had it uncomfortable. I know being a musician, having done sound and all that, you know, I I know how important our ears are and how, you know, if if you subject yourself to that level of volume, you're going to have permanent ear damage, you know, hearing damage. Um, And you can't get that back. There's just no way to regain that and it's just like i don't understand that need to to blast so loud i just don't get that because it's it, yeah it's excessive it's yeah. it's excessive and that's just not and that's not just the old man and me talking that's yeah i know common sense yeah i got sensitive ears people seriously oh, seriously anyway no. but other than that a love star set the band itself was awesome i've decided that from here on out though i want to know and, and maybe this is what we need to do <laughs> like i want to know when somebody says hey i went to this concert i'd say Tell me about it. What was it like compared to their album? And if they're like, yeah, it was really good. You know, I won't go to that concert. But if they're like, oh my gosh, they're so much better in person. And here's why. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of go, okay, I'm picking certain venues because I know how these venues work. And I know that, you know, they have seats. (laughs) They're not going to blast you. You know, you're still going to bring earplugs, but you're not going to die. You know, I'll go to those concerts from here on out. But I think, um, I think I'm done with these, you know, standing venues standing and only venues. Yeah. yeah. And the ones and the concerts where it's like, they're not quite as good as their album. I just, I don't know. I don't think it's worth going to. That's me though. Other no. people would totally disagree with me, but I think that's kind of where I've, where I've decided from that, but it was still fun. It was a great experience. Good. I'm glad I got to tell you this. I'm nerding out about something right now. Did you know? I mean, you probably did, but I, I think this is fairly new. Did you know that YouTube now does TV like slang and all those? <laughs> yes. You, yes, I did. Okay. I've I heard, I- through the grapevine that that is the case. I might've mentioned it actually on the show briefly, but I haven't actually talked about it relatively recently discovered YouTube TV. I was getting ready to go on to sling, you know, cause we wanted to watch the Olympics and then it was like, let's gear up for March madness sling. Ironically had everything for March madness, but not everything for the Olympics. Well, then I discovered YouTube TV, but I saw that YouTube TV when I signed up had everything for the Olympics, but nothing for March madness. And I'm going, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> No, you've seen this coming and you've talked about it before. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, so we went with YouTube TV for the Olympics and then, you know, I'm totally prepared to quit YouTube TV and go over to sling and all that. One week later, they add all of those channels. Oh, really? I was like, wow, dude, why did they just do this? They have unlimited DVR cloud storage. They have everything now. Literally. I mean, they have all the ESPN channels and everything. Like if you want to watch any of the March madness or whatever, they have everything you need. And I got to thinking, this is crazy. Like, this is like the all around service. It was a little bit more than sling, but now it's totally worth it because now it's less than sling for what they offer. So I was pretty impressed. I'm thinking, wow, YouTube, plus all the YouTube originals, like the YouTube red originals that are coming out, like um, Cobra Kai, which we're going to talk about in a second. Oh, that's a YouTube original. Okay. Yeah. So I thought, dude, this is kind of cool. So it's 35 a month right now. And then they said something about if you sign up before March wow. 11th, you're locked into that rate and then it's going up. And I thought, oh boy, oh man, so 35 a month. I hope you get a lot for that. That's uh well, I'm not going to probably keep it after March madness anyway. Cause it's like, you know, for me, it's like, I don't watch any live TV at all unless I'm watching right. something sports related. Right. Other than that, I don't yeah, need either. it. 
it's really cool if you're looking for, you know, watching NBA, watching sports, you know, football, March, whatever. You know, if you're watching stuff like that, if you're hosting a Super Bowl party, dude, I think that's like the way to go. So the takeaway from this is that YouTube TV is where it's at right now. It's amazing. And I think cool. you're going to see some cool competition down the road, but I'm, I don't know. I was very impressed with it. The quality is full HD. It's awesome. And so with that said, I'm also really excited about the Cobra Kai show that's coming out. And you're thinking Cobra Kai, that's, I, I remember Cobra Kai. What's that from? Strike card, strike first. No, Mercer. Kid. Yeah. I am curious. You know, I'm a child of the eighties and I watched the crap out of karate kids. So, so one and two Ralph Macchio as Daniel LaRusso is returning. As is, and I cannot think of his name off the top of my head, the guy that played Johnny Lawrence from the first movie. William Zabka. Thank you. Those two are reprising their role, literally taking place 30 years later. All they have is a teaser trailer out right now, so there's not a whole lot, but it looks interesting. And because it is Ralph Macchio and William Zabka, it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like they're not doing some new next generation karate kid reboot yeah, like crap somebody again. somebody pretending to be that character yeah exactly. that's really neat mm-hmm. i don't know though i'm excited about it i want to see where it goes but the teaser looks interesting and here's what i'm starting to see when you see these little originals like on youtube or amazon or netflix, netflix. and all that i feel like they're doing good jobs for the most part nowadays versus let's put it on you know national television and let's try to get good ratings right and they're throwing them out left and right, like scattershot. And the Netflix has more three or four new originals every month, it seems like. Yeah. Here's a fun, cheesy one that I like. It was actually funny because I thought this was going to be like a cross between Harry Potter and like, I don't know, something like superhero or, or sci-fi futuristic. It's called Greenhouse Academy. And I thought, dude, this is going to be great. I get into it. No, not even close. <laughs> just like some. I never heard of it. Well, it, it's kind of cheesy, but they actually got renewed for a second season. It just came out. The acting is some of it's really good. Some of it's pretty cheesy. The writing is kind of cheesy. You know, the story itself is actually really cheesy, but for some reason, it's just a show I really was engaged with. It really drew me in. And uh, I don't know. I just felt good after watching it, which I can't say that about a lot of shows. Total cheese, though. If you're going to watch it, it's total cheese and it's like PG rated. So it's fun. Yeah, and the tick has returned for the second half of season one. Yes, on Amazon. In fact, I'm I'm watch. I'm just about to start watching the first episode for free. Oh, the very, very, very first on Amazon. Yes, oh, that's such a funny show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. It's pretty random. I'll tell you that much, but it's good. The one thing my wife and I have been watching lately is rewatching. Really, is the Venture Brothers. It's not a very new. It's not at all new, but uh, they've done six seasons now. Man, that's a funny adult cartoon. If you're pre-millennial or even a millennial it's it's just fantastically funny and essentially it's if for those who don't know it's essentially the creators wanted to take a johnny quest type cartoon and postulate what would johnny quest be like in his 30s you know if he's if he's all uh washed up and you know kind of a narcissist failure type of person and all the characters that surround him and it's really really funny but it's not Johnny Quest is actually a character on the show. It's great. Nice. So you saw Black Panther? I saw Black Panther this weekend with my wife. Yes. What did you think? I thought, you know, I'm a big Marvel movie fan. I like most of the movies they've put out. I really enjoyed. I still haven't seen Homecoming. And I know that sounds pretty sacrilegious, but that's really the only one I haven't seen recently from Marvel. And with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I didn't enjoy that one as much, not near as much as the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of disappointed in that movie. I thought that Black Panther was a mediocre movie. It wasn't bad. I enjoyed it, but 
I thought that it was just not as good as it could have been. It was not Avengers, let's put it that way. It was not the Avengers. It was not sure. the Iron Man movies. It was not the Captain America movies. It was not the Thor movies, which I loved all of those. It had absolutely nothing to do with the types of actors and actresses involved. I thought they all did really well. I thought it was a matter, it was a purely a matter of writing. I thought that the writing was just not that great. It was more on the level of a DC movie. So yeah, I was, I, I, I had mixed feelings about Black Panther, but I'm glad I went to see it. Yeah. And I think it's a good character. I mean, I enjoyed it as well, but I'll tell you what, I found myself yawning through the movie more than I have in most movies lately. Partially I was <laughs> relaxing. Like I, w- I had had a pretty busy couple of days and I was relaxing. So I know that's part of it, but yeah. then I got to thinking about it and I'm like, well, actually I don't even really remember a lot of what happened. Um, <laughs> it was a very slow pace, but at the same time I liked that. Like I like slower paces that they develop some story. You know, I love the fact that they, they had the city, you know, and the technology yes. behind that. And that was so cool. If I'm just looking at the story, like you just said, I agree. It was average. The story itself was predictable. Something Martin, the flash was talking about is that the tech made him a little too powerful, which in some ways is cool, but in other ways, there's not enough of a, of a mortal risk, I guess. I thought that black Panther was a far more intriguing character in like civil war. Yes, actually you're right. Like I, I, was I loved much him in more, Civil War. I was much happier with him in Civil War. <laughs> yeah. And, and I thought, you know, they so often in Hollywood lately, I thought that the writers just kind of threw a, a pile of crap at us and tried to pass it off as awesome. Like, you know, like JJ Abrams does all the time. <laughs> I, I just thought I just thought that and Disney in general. I, I really thought that the writers cashed it in on Black Panther and his backstory was not intriguing enough to me. And I think it could have been much, much more. So, and, and I know and I, people are going to say, but they followed the comics. I mean, all that's all comic lore and whatnot to some extent. And that's great, but they could have taken that lore and making a more and made, excuse me, a more compelling plot for us to enjoy. You know, it's interesting because I heard one person say, this is the best Marvel villain they've seen. And I heard another person say, it's the same villain we've seen in every other movie. Andy Serkis is nowhere near the best Marvel villain. No, 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 no. They're talking about his brother. Awesome actor. They're talking about his brother. Oh, the one he fought. Yeah. The the character was a, was a generic villain at best. Yeah. All the villains in that movie were generic at best. There was nothing compelling about that. So I've heard both is what I'm saying. I've heard people say best hands down villain in Marvel yet. And I've heard other people saying generic, just like everyone else. And interesting. Yeah. And again, here's, here's the beautiful part. Here's the (laughs) beautiful part. Yeah, exactly. Everybody loves, They have different opinions. They see things differently. They have different loves and likes. We're all, I mean, none of us are ever going to say everybody loved black Panther or everybody hated it. That's fine. Like everybody's going to get something different out of it. And that's awesome. It's totally worth seeing, but to me, and I I don't want to set up a disappointment in saying that, you know, it's not worth seeing or it's generic or whatever, you know, go in and and you might love it better than something else. Like I said, I'm talking here about greenhouse Academy. (laughs) That is not, a fantastic show by any means. It is not going to win any awards. It all depends on how it hits us. And I think that's what we can take away from it is that um, yeah. for me personally, it just felt average. I liked it. I was able to identify, but the story writing was okay. I was not pulled in and engaged as much as I have been in other movies, but I didn't hate it. I still loved it. I still yeah. loved what yeah. they did. You said the actors, they were, they were fantastic. The music yeah, was great. great. I mean, there were so many wonderful things about it, but you're right. It did feel sort of generic. 
And I think maybe, maybe that's kind of the whole point of like what we're talking about here is that maybe the superhero thing, if I may here, which I know some people might disagree with me on and I might be setting myself up for a target here. The whole superhero thing has, it's been done too much too fast. And I love superheroes. I love superhero stories, but too much of a good thing can be bad. And I feel like we're getting way too many superhero stories, way too much all at once coming from all different sides. You've got DC and Marvel and they're, you know, TV and the movie universes. And they're just going crazy. I got a feeling people are starting to get a little burnt out on it. And also how much more story can you tell that isn't fresh and new and original anymore? Right. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really a saturated genre. You're, you're absolutely yeah. correct. Like if this movie had come out as like, let's say, you know, cause Iron Man kind of started the whole Marvel thing. If black Panther had started it versus Iron Man, I think we would be going, this is amazing because it would have been new. Very possibly. Very yes. fresh. I also think that if Joss Whedon could have directed black Panther, I would not be having this same exact opinion about it because the guy can direct. True. Yeah. And you're right. Avengers it was a fantastic movie. I know. Well, and, and even the new Spider-Man homecoming, I really was very impressed with. Too. I've heard everyone says it's fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I just haven't dropped that yeah. yet. But again, going back to, to black Panther, I think the potential was there. I, I love, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I'm glad you did civil war. The one person that I most connected with in civil war was black Panther. Mm. I want to know more about him. And then they said they and were going to do, do a black Panther movie. <laughs> and I thought, I can't wait to see this. I'm so excited. I want to know more about him. And I was not disappointed per se, but I wasn't like, wow, that was so amazing. Yeah. It was more of a cool. Yep. That's kind of what I expect that, from most Marvel that movies. Wow. I miss that. Wow. Feeling going to the movies. It's been a while since I had that. My memory is horrible now, but I, I I'm trying to remember what was the last movie you left the theater going. That was fantastic. Avengers is the last one I can remember. There might've been one since then, but see what's funny about Avengers is that I didn't see it in the theater. So mm-hmm. I saw it after, you know, it came out and everybody was like, it's the best hands down movie ever made. It's blah, blah, blah. And, and so my expectations of that movie were so uh, high <laughs> that when I watched it, I was like, I'm sorry. That's all right. Oh yeah. Well, like you say, everyone's, yeah. I mean, they're, they're plenty of people listening right now going, you guys are crazy. Like that. There was fantastic. No, I, and I'm like I said, I, I I have friends who thought it was one of the best Marvel movies yet. That's great. <laughs> I just telling you how Good I felt. Yeah. Probably the biggest wow that I can remember to this day was the matrix seeing that in the theater. Oh, of course. Oh, I had my no gosh. expectation. We walked out of there going, I didn't, I didn't think such a thing was possible. 1999 was such a good year because of the matrix. Yeah. And you have to understand that if you saw it in the theater and you didn't know anything about it, that's what it was. If you're, you know, watching the matrix today for the very first time, it's not going to be all that great. It's going to be like, Oh, you know, it's cool. But if you have a really nice big TV and surround sound, it's okay. I'm sure. But, but it was the first time something like that had ever been done. People who weren't old enough to, go to that in the theaters when it came out yeah. understandably can't relate it's it's because i don't know if what since the matrix has come out that has been that impactful on audiences no i don't think really anything has since because i think i mean looking at like what the matrix did it changed film i mean to this day we still see like remnants of the matrix in films mm-hmm. i i was wowed in rogue one but not like the matrix you know like i i enjoyed yeah. rogue one and i thought that was really good okay gr- greatest showman totally different genre Mm-hmm. But that was a movie that I left going, wow, that was awesome. Oh, good. So there was a, a really recent movie that you've had that experience. That's good. Yeah. 
And that's probably the only, well, okay. The accountant, I'm trying to think of movies. Accountant was one of those that I was like, that was so good. Yeah. I mean, again, I think we're all hit by different reasons, mm-hmm. uh, different things for different reasons, but yeah, I think, um, I think you're right. I think that's kind of the thing, even with TV shows nowadays that I'm just getting kind of, I'm seeing the same thing. I'm, you know, yeah, I'm not burnt out on the whole superhero genre. Well, and it's not even just superheroes. I think it's just storytelling. Oh, I wonder if, if people are just pushing out things too fast to really be inspired by a story or if we're just overwhelmed with too much that we're just, that's you know, a great question because my assumption has always been lately. The bar has been lowered significantly for some weird reason, instead of raising the bar higher and higher and higher and challenging people, audiences, intellects with complex and rich stories a lot of writers in Hollywood seem, in my opinion, seem to be, like I said before, just chucking mediocrity at us like because they can do it really quickly. I don't know. I, I want to think that they think they're doing some really good stuff. But if they really think that, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> because I really think that Disney's writers for those new Star Wars movies are just throwing mediocrity at us for some weird reason like it's star wars it's it's such a hallowed franchise why don't you put your very the world's very best writers on this project mm-hmm. but know, they don't they just <laughs> it just don't and i don't know why it's really disappointing well it's, it's the same way I, I you know i feel with arrow when arrow first came out that was that's all they were working on mm-hmm. and arrow was spectacular and it's gone downhill. I mean, granted, they've had their upswings again. They've fixed a few things, and that's great. But I think the overall quality of the writing for all of those shows is just down from what it used to be because huh. you, get, you get too busy, right? I mean, look at look at Starbucks versus a local coffee shop. We were talking about that earlier. You know, when you're pushing out mass quantities of something, you have Your to... quality is going to suffer. Well, you, you can make it consistent, but yeah, the quality is going to go down. You have to lower the cost whatever that is. So in coffee, you're going to buy lower quality coffee beans in order to make more of a profit. You're going to Mm. simplify the process. And I mean, I hate to say this, you're really going to dumb down the process. So you lose the art and it becomes more of a, you know, an assembly line kind of thing. I think it makes sense with product. I mean, like physical product, like coffee or or food, but, but with movies, intellectual, intellectual property, like star Wars, they could do so much better. They just could. They could. And everyone's like, oh, this is so awesome. These movies are great. And they're just not people. They're not good movies. But think about this, they're okay? Not. Think about when you are a band or an artist and you're putting out your very first album. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've spent your entire youth basically practicing and getting better. And you're all, I mean, you want to prove yourself. You want to write beautiful and incredible music that's going to impact people. Your first album most of the time, this isn't true for every band, but most of the time is phenomenal. People love you. They follow you. Then you get signed by a record label and boom, they have you push out albums every year. Right. Well, how long did it take them to write the first album? Is there inspiration to be able to write a second album that fast? Are you just Mm -hmm. meeting deadlines or are you actually saying this song's not right? I'm going to scratch that and start over. Well, you can't, you have to meet our deadline. So you put out average. It's the same kind of thing with any kind of a movie or a TV show. When you start to push things out too fast, I mean, they're doing a Star Wars movie every year now. There's too much material getting pushed out way too fast that is there really time, especially going back to the cost thing, is there really time to put the quality into the inspiration of that story to draw people in in a way that's just going to be just spectacular? Because in order to do that, you're going to have to, you're going to spend a lot of money. 
And I feel personally that they should take the time and make it really, really good instead of doing what they do. So Well, but then that wouldn't make them as much money. But they'd still be making buttloads of money. That's the thing. Yeah, but not as fast. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. They, yeah. they know better than I do. I, I mean, they, they have their business model, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's just disappointing. That's all. Well, and again, this isn't just about Star Wars, but I think it's, I, I, and I'm seeing that with, I mean, it is Disney. Disney I and Marvel. I about Star Wars. No, I know, but Marvel is Disney. So I, yeah. I think you're seeing, you're seeing a Disney issue. Yeah. I think you know, they're yeah. making it all about the money right now and everything that's under Disney is getting pushed out so fast. But it's also the other thing about why do movies, you know, why do they keep making sequels or reboots? Because there's already a built-in audience. They don't have to go find a whole new audience and try to sell a whole new story to someone. Right. So it's cheaper. You know, the cost of customer acquisition is a lot cheaper to find the, why are they doing Cobra Kai? Because there's a bunch of Karate Kid fans that are all grown up now and they want something new. I'm interested in that. Yeah. But how many people that never grew up with, with Karate Kid are even going to care about this? True, but they know they have a huge audience of exactly thirties and forty somethings that did grow up with Karate Kid. Totally, but that's where I think it can become a little scary because you like you do it because it makes money. You do it because it's an easier venture than it is to find someone new. But then you risk the burnout. You start to burn people out, and you know people get frustrated because it's like okay, it's been done. Like Spider Man, no more reboots. I liked homecoming, but no more reboots for at least uh, like 50 years. Just don't even go there. (laughs) Uh, If only (laughs) I know Uh, anyway, we got to get out of here, man, but thanks for hanging Uh, out. It was fun. No, I'm glad you had me. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm, I hope I wasn't too disappointing to your uh, listening audience. And uh, well, I know I was disappointed, um, but you know, well, I expected you to be disappointed. I look forward to doing it again. Well, how about we have you on next week? And cause we've got like, I think half of our, our uh, content that we never got to. Okay. Let's just yeah, do that. I'm, I'm down for that if All you right. want me back. Sounds good. Don't be hard on yourself, sonny boy. Mm. You know what the music means. It is time to rock it on out of here. Hey, all right. RealBrianShow.com. Links. Emily's gloriousness of writing. And, uh, you know, I'm still working on finding... Tell you what. Go to the Real Brian Show Facebook group. That is definitely a place to contact, communicate, and have fun. Tony, thanks for being on, man. Thank a, you for having me. Of course, man. Have a great week, and The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.